I'm going to explore a very familiar story in the Bible tonight. And the reason I'm going to do it is because everywhere you go in this world today, if, if the Christians stand up and, and, and do something or say something, you get protesters. You know, you can, you can build a mosque, nobody's going to protest. You can, do, you, can, you can build a statue to Buddha, nobody will protest. But if you do something as a Christian, you're going to end up with trouble. And that's because Satan realizes that his time is short and he's working overtime. Now, as Christians, we can still be fooled, okay? We can, we can be let, misled. That's why Jesus told us over in Matthew 24, be aware that there are deceivers out there. There are people that are going to tell you things, and, and we're seeing a lot of that these days. I'm going to read the story of the flood, Noah's flood, and going to add a little insight, I hope. Because it, we heard this story from the time we were little kids. And much has been told. And, you know, I think I heard a guy say, I don't know how big the crew they had building the, the ark down the road here. And they said, how could one man do that? When you read the story, you will find out that it doesn't say that Noah did it by himself. It doesn't say that at all. The fact of the matter is I can guarantee you that if God asks you to do something, he's going to give you the ability and the resources to get her done. That's guaranteed. God's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. When, when God asked Noah to build the ark, God had a plan. Now, God could have done a lot of different things. He could have done whatever he wanted. He could have snapped his fingers and said, okay, all the evil, get away. But he uses you and me to do his work and his will. Likewise, Satan uses people to do his work and his will. And you've got to watch out for that. You know, I, I used to think that the serpent in the garden was Satan. But now I kind of think, no, Satan uses other things to get at people. And there are a lot of people being used by Satan in the world today. You know, uh, and we could we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I want to get right into into the meat of what I want to talk about. Usually, I have people read, but I'm going to spare you. I've got a, a Bible that's a uh, New International Version, but it also is uh, a lot of the things in it that used to be the cubits and all that's been converted, so we can understand it. it says. Noah was a righteous man. This is chapter 6 of Genesis, starting in verse 9, if you want to follow along. And if you got a King James, good luck. <laughs> but it, it, it's the same story, and, and, the, and it's just a different uh, wording and a little bit of translation, but it's the same, word, same story exactly. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. And God saw how corrupt the earth had become. For all the people on the earth had, were corrupted in their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them 
and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. By the way, if I was building a boat, and I like boats, I own a few, and I didn't have aluminum fiberglass, which no, I didn't have, I'd use cypress wood. If they, they won't let you cut down cypress trees anymore because uh, they, but they fall down so people harvest them. And if you go to, if you go down Louisiana, I, I was down there one summer working and a uh, long time ago, there was a lot of those uh, cypress wood boats in the, in the swamps down there. And, uh, but anyway, he, now your translation may say gopher wood or something like that. So he said, make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Make a roof on it and finish it to within 18 inches of the top or one cubit and put a door in the side. Now let's stop right there. That dimension, uh, was the same dimension you saw in battleships and, and stuff. They they built stuff that way years and years up until, and the Ark was the biggest boat ever built up until the late 1800s when uh, there was the, some of the warships that the British made were a little larger. But, uh, and to even even in today's world, 450 foot long boat, pretty big. 75 foot wide, pretty good size. And, uh, the uh, uh, now in in the midst of all this, it doesn't say do it by yourself, because I guarantee you he had three sons, and if I had my sons, and I'd say if you don't help, you ain't riding, okay? And I'm sure that's what he did. Now the Bible doesn't say that. I, I'm just adding that. And and I will tell you this much about scripture, and and there are things, facts in the Bible that are black and white. No no. Nobody can argue them. But there are a lot of things that we have to kind of try to understand. And if I'm going to give you my opinion, I'll tell you it's my opinion. Because I'm going to give you my opinion about a lot of things tonight. Okay. I was, I was watching uh, National Geographic, which I like. And they were talking about uh, polar shift and stuff like that. And because one of the comments that people would make is it can't possibly rain enough to flood the earth like it did in Noah's time. Well, it didn't. In Noah's time, the first, uh, we need to understand that, and a lot of scientists believe this to be true, the atmosphere was three times more dense than it is today. That would have been, uh, so every breath of air that Noah took had three times the oxygen in it that, you, that your breath takes. And that could easily tell the reason why, first of all, there was no rain until it rained for the flood. It didn't rain. Well, if the atmosphere was atmospheric pressure was that high, and uh, when I was in working in the, in the chemical industry, a lot of the designs we had came from Britain, and they talked about 30 bar. You ever heard that term or something like that? It's barometers or atmospheric pressures and absolute pressure and all that sort of thing. All of those things you learn when you're when you're doing control work like I did, but if the pressure was that high, water would not have evaporated up and made clouds and rained back down. What would have happened is at night as the earth cooled, the, the moisture in the atmosphere would have settled on the ground and everything would have been wet when you got up in the morning. 
And so much to the point where if there was enough water in the atmosphere, it would have ran off in the streams and lakes and made rivers and all that. So if you think about it, because it didn't rain, that was likely scientifically the reason. And the reason I say that is God, when he made this world, he didn't do it haphazard. He made it where it made sense. And when he made you and me, he made us in his image. That doesn't mean we look like God, but that means we're given a brain to try to figure things out. And God allows us to learn if we learn under him. You know, the, the early scientists, guys like Isaac Newton and Galileo and, and Francis Bacon and some of those early scientists, they all believed in God. You know, you read about them. You'll find out that they all believed in God. And they all believed in a divine creation. You know, now... There were probably people that didn't believe, you know, guys, the Greeks, you know, they had their own crazy ideas. And there's a lot of, the Romans had weird ideas about their gods, you know, they had a god for this and a god for that and, and all that. But, but the, the scientists that came up with the principles that we use today were godly men for the most part. And uh, the, uh, you know, you think about uh, uh, early inventors in this country. You know, one of the, was Alexander Graham Bell said, "What has God brought?" You know, he's talking about giving God the credit for what for what He is able to do. And I tell people all the time this: you know, I am absolutely useless without the power of the Almighty God. I have, I am. I, I don't say that I'm useless. I said I am useless without the power. Power of the Almighty. Is that what you were saying? No. I am absolutely worthless without the power of the Almighty God and the, and the, and the abilities He gives me and the abilities He gives you. You know, you should be thankful and I should be thankful every day that we have what we have and are able to do what we do. We sometimes get discouraged and, and I'm sure in all that time it took Noah to build that ark, he probably got discouraged a time or two, but he stayed true to it. And sometimes you, it takes longer. So as, as we move on in the story, I've, I've covered a couple of the, the, the main points there, that the atmospheric pressure was probably greater, so people lived longer. Noah lived 600 and some years. Also, there was, according to the scientists, back in the early days, now we're talking about, I'm, I'm guessing about 10,000 years ago, there was only one continent. The, the tectonic plates hadn't shifted yet, so all of the animals were on one landmass, and scientists agree to that. Yeah. If today, if you had to save all the animals in the world, you'd have to go to Australia and pick up a kangaroo and a wallaby and a koala and all those things, and you have to go to all these different places. Noah didn't have to do that. They were all there, and God made them all come to him. I'll tell you a story. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a good storyteller, but uh, I was fishing on Locust Creek. Now, Locust Creek is the other side of Carrollton in Carroll County. And it's way down in a place called Bear Holler. And uh, I'm fishing down there, and, and I'm catching smallmouth bass and having a good old time. But I hear thunder and rumbling up the hill. You know, and I think, well, that's all right. It's raining up there. Okay. All of a sudden, I see the rabbits, several of them, four or five running up the hill. I see birds flying down, the crows hollering. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? And then I saw a groundhog 
and the groundhog was making a growling sound, coming splashing down that creek, and he ran up the side of the hill there. And I thought, what's going on? About that time, I heard the rumble. And I looked up the creek, and I was in water up to my knees catching fish. And the water coming at me was probably six or seven feet deep. And I said, hmm. Now, I told you that story. I scrambled up to my car. I got in, in my car, and I drove for high ground. But the animals knew it before I did. And I guarantee you, when the water started coming up, the animals were looking for a place to hide. And that's God used that natural inclination. You know, I'm sure when Noah shut the door, God shut the door of the ark, there were people outside saying, hey, give me a ride. But it was too late. When Jesus returns, if you haven't made your choice for him, it'll be too late. It'll be the same thing. Now, people people will tell you, well, I don't believe in a God that would punish people for not believing. I don't believe. Well, God destroyed the whole world because it was corrupt. If you back up and read a little bit, it talks about, and, and I don't want to get too deep into uh, the pre- the world before Adam, okay, because a lot of people don't believe there was an earth before Adam, and I don't want to argue that point. I happen to believe that there was. The reason I believe there was is because there was a war in heaven. The Bible tells us that. And Satan got cast out. And where did he go? Right here. And he'd been here ever since. Jesus called him the prince of this world. He's alive and well. Paul said he is walking to and fro like a raging lion, seeking whom he can destroy. He is here, and people work for Satan all the time. So be aware of that. One continent. All right, let's move on here. So, I will establish my covenant with you, God said to Noah, and you will enter the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your son's wife with you. You are to bring into the ark all the living creatures, male, female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, two of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are kind of like them rabbits that run up the hill when the rain was, when the creek was coming up. They knew better than stay down there. I'm just a dumb old fisherman, so I didn't know no better. You are to be taken every kind of food that to be eaten and store it away, the food for you and for them. And Noah did everything just as God had commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send the rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature that I have made. You know the difference between a clean animal and an unclean animal? I'm sure Mary knows. She studied that kind of stuff. A, clean, a cow's a clean animal. A pig is not. The difference is a cow has a split hoof and chews its good. And that's the definition back in, in that Moses gave his people. He said, don't eat pigs. You can eat cows. You can eat sheep. 
you can you cannot eat pigs or or a lot of different animals. You can't eat fish without scales. So catfish dinner was off the limits, and it's, they are unclean animals. Uh, shrimp, oh that's too bad, ain't it? Shrimp was considered you shouldn't eat shrimp or any bottom feeding. So there's a difference between clean animals and unclean animals in in the Bible, and that's what it's talking about there. So. Noah did all the things the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and wife and their sons were <laughs> sons' wives entered in into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals and birds and all the creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the flood waters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heaven were opened, and the rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. Something else happened. Now, if you think about losing an atmosphere or two, okay, why did that occur? Now, this is my opinion, okay? This is what I think. It, it, the Bible doesn't say this, but it makes sense. Scientists talk about now polar shift. You heard that? Heard about polar shifts? You know what happens in a polar shift? The Earth's sitting there. The Earth rotates around the sun once every year. It spins every 24 point some hours. That's why every fourth year you got to add a day. Okay, it's not exactly 24 hours. So you gain a day every four years, 24 hours every four years, and that's why you got April the uh, February the 29th. When the Earth axis tips, the ice caps melt. Now that people would say, well, that would take years or months or whatever. They discovered in Siberia a woolly mammoth frozen to death quick frozen, instantly, had a buttercup in his mouth he was eating, still had soft tissue. Don't tell me that it took years, because if it had taken years for that shift to take in place, that woolly mammoth would have died, and vultures and creatures would have ate what was left, and he wouldn't have been frozen in the ice with a buttercup in his mouth. So it happened pretty quick. Now, that, what's that have to do with Noah's flood? It just simply means that things can happen fast. Okay, now, are you, are you afraid that's going to happen again? Scientists tell us that's possible, but the Bible tells us it's not. I'll get to that in a minute. So, the floodwaters came. I believe a polar shift caused the, the, de the depletion of the atmosphere, which goes along because if you think about it and you study it enough and you come up with all that, that creation and God meshes with science, it's the scientists that, that kind of mess it up. You know, the reason they call it the Big Bang Theory, you know why they call it that? And they, they'll call it that for a while and then they'll act like it's a fact. They don't know. What's theory mean? It means guess. They don't call it a guess because that don't sound too good, does it? It's the Big Bang guess. No, it's the Big Bang Theory. Okay, I, I say I have a theory or I have a guess, which sounds better. Well, they don't know. And there's a lot of things they don't know and they try to figure it out. You used to think the world's flat. You fly out. None, of you, none of you think the world's flat, do you? Then you sail off the end and fall. 
<laughs> well, it, it don't matter whether it's flat or not, he ain't going to go far enough to find out. <laughs> but but as, as things happened, and, and if you think about it, well, scientifically, all of this is possible. All of this is possible scientifically. God doesn't mess with things and do crazy things. God has a plan. And God does things that make sense so that you and I can understand and have faith and trust in God. You know, And that's why the really smart people... I, I think that, that some of these people that don't believe in God... I heard a guy say one time, I was atheist, he said, religion is the problem with the whole world. That's why we're fighting these wars. He is dead wrong. You know why we're fighting wars? Money. Why do, why do these leaders, uh, why, does, why do you think Putin wants a Ukraine? So they can go in there and be nice to those people? No. It's for power. Stay in power. Get money. Live better. Why, did, why does Xi Jinping, that knucklehead that's running China, why does he want uh, Taiwan? Power. Money. It's all money. And, and I hate to say it, but in the good old U.S. of A., the money has a lot to do with what happens. It's, and when we fall for the, for the money temptation, if you let money be your God, you're in trouble. And money is the God of those people. And Satan uses that. He knows. You know, when I think about it, and I've said this before, when Putin wakes up in the morning, he knows he's going to kill innocent children that day. He knows that. He don't care because he wants that power. He knows that if he loses his place, it ain't going to go well for him. Xi Jinping in China, his father was a bigwig in government. And then the other party took charge, the Communist Party. And they paraded him through the streets, disgraced him, put him in prison, made his mother denounce him. Xi Jinping knows that. He was a teenager at the time. He ain't about to let that happen to him. That's why he wants to expand. He wants, and it's all about money. In this country, we we have a president, and he gets he serves two terms, or he or he gets defeated. We give him secret service and a big pension. That's the way it ought to be. But that ain't what happens in other countries, and that's why. And Satan runs those things, and it it's all about the money, all about the power. God is in charge, and He's not going to let things go too far. That's why I'm, I'm convinced, you know, when you read about what we read in the beginning there, the world was corrupt and violence was everywhere. And you think, look around. Look around, what's happening? People are breaking into schools and shooting kids. What in the world is up with that? How, I can't, it just doesn't make any sense at all to me. It's, and I guarantee you things like that were happening then. Not maybe that they didn't have guns, but they were doing bad things. And sometimes they, in, in different places of the world, they'll discover that there were sacrifices of babies. People have always been evil, you know, but it's getting worse. I would warn any, anybody that if you stay in God's will, he's going to take care of you. If a nation stays in God, because you read in Revelation, the nations are going to be judged. You know, it said, the Bible says the nations will be judged. Well, what are they going to be judged about? Did they stay faithful? Did they follow God's will? Did they serve God's purpose in this world? I'm proud to say that the United States has served God's will and God's purpose in this world. We've got to keep vigilant 
be sure that it stays that way because Satan don't want it that way and he's working hard I I went through this and I and I didn't Dale, Dale will tell you he called me this morning so I didn't have time to usually when I'm going to do this I, I go through it be sure it doesn't run too long then I had uh, about seven points and I figured well ten minutes speed no that's too much you can't do that so I tried to cut so if I run short or run long if I run long you can just leave I guess <laughs> but I'll run short probably I, I think that uh, what happened then let's let's look a little farther and, and uh, does anybody remember how long the flood water stayed on the earth it was 150 days wasn't it is that right 40 days and 40 nights. That rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And the floods came up to 20 feet on top of the highest mountain. Recently, they discovered marine-like fossils in the Himalayas. We know that the ocean used to be well, at, toward the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains because they found ocean-type fossils in North, over North Carolina toward the mountains. So we know that Things have changed over the years. But, I don't know, the Appalachian Mountains, you get up over, you, you get up that lookout point. I went over that not long ago, and you look down and say, man, I'm high up. Well, you're probably about 2,000 feet. You go to Denver, Colorado, and you're about 5,000 feet above sea level. But if you go to the Himalayan Mountains, you're 25,000 feet above sea level. And they have discovered marine life there, fossilized. So they know that the world was indeed covered. Now they kind of, you don't, you haven't heard that before. They know that the world was covered by water. Well, if they had to say, if the scientists had to admit that the world had been covered by water, then maybe this story about Noah was true. Of course it was true. <laughs> of course it was true. It had happened just like the Bible said. It just, sometimes it, it's, it's, and I, my, my goal tonight was to say, hey, it makes sense. These people that say it don't make sense, they they haven't looked into it. They don't they don't understand what God can do. You know, I believe that God can do whatever He wants to do, and I believe that He did. He also makes a promise. 150 days of what? Now, if we covered the earth for 150 days, now we'd be in kind of trouble. I want I want you to see this before we, before I forget to bring it up. And this is the reason that I believe what I believe. Okay? Down there in chapter 8, when Noah uh, comes out of the ark together with his sons and his wife, and his son's wife, this is, this is chapter 8, verse 18. And all the animals and the creatures that move along the ground, and all the birds and everything that moves on the earth came out of the ark one after the other. Then Noah built an ark altar to the Lord taking some of all the clean animals and the clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of man. Even though every inclination of his heart is evil from his childhood, and never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. And then he goes into saying, as long as the earth endures, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. That means seasons went away. 
that means that the earth was not rotating like it does now. But God has promised us that he's not going to do that again. So we don't have to worry about a polar shift. If you believe your Bible, he said, as long as the earth endures. Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. That led me to, when when I read this, and I read it, several weeks back. That's the reason we're on it because I didn't have time to prepare anything new. I thought what he's saying here is that he changed things for the flood. And makes sense to me that he just tilted the earth, let the ice melt, the water came up, covered everything. Because that's what happened. You know, now God could do whatever, if he wanted to take water away from the earth, he could do that. You know, sometimes in the summer we think he probably has, don't we? But no, this is, this is God's promise to us that he's not going to do that again. Now, if you read over in 2 Peter, what 2 Peter says about the end of the world, and we're, we can get into that a little bit, because I've been studying that too, and, and uh, it talks about being destroyed by fire. You see, we used to sing a song, Open Up Them Pearly Gates for Me. You ever sing that? That's when I was in college. It was pretty good. When you hear that trumpet sound, you know you're homeward bound. Open up them pearly gates for me. When you hear that trumpet blast, you know you're going home at last. Open up them pearly gates for me. If I had an banjo, I'd do that for you. Anyway, the the gates of pearl comes from Revelation 21. That's not what's there now. You know, we talked last time I was here about Lazarus and the rich man. Jesus talked about heaven as being the bosom of Abraham. Why do you say that? He said, because it's not the, the heaven that we read about in Revelation. That's the new heaven and the new earth Why is, and, the, and the, the reign of Christ on this earth. I want people to be clear on that because there's a lot of talk going on now. If you listen to TV evangelists, sometimes they, they try to scare people into, you know, send me some money, you know, so I can sow your seed. Don't send me no money. When the Bible says, cast your bread upon the water, it's not talking about money. It's talking about souls. That's what's important to God. Money, God don't care about money. He don't care about your money. He cares about your soul. And he cares about the souls of the lost that we need to reach. But that's another story for another time. But in the end times, Jesus is coming back to get us. Now, in this country, we believe that the rapture is next and the tribulation follows. That's pretty much universally accepted here. But in foreign countries where, where they're being persecuted now, they, they look at maybe tribulation will be before the rapture. Some There's three theories. There's one pre-tribulation rapture, there's one mid-tribulation rapture, and there's one in-tribulation rapture. What I believe is pre-tribulation rapture. I believe that, that the, I believe that for the world to get in really sad shape, for the uh, Antichrist to rise, the United States has to abandon its course. Why have not the nations of the world attacked Israel already? Because they're scared to death that the Americans will step in and stop it, and we will. And the reason that we have what we have is because we have served God's purpose. 
So that's why I think that, that, that the rapture is next. But Jesus told us, watch out. Watch out. Things are going to, people are going to try to deceive you. And I see that now. Did, have you ever read, anybody ever read the Quran? Do you know they talk about that Muhammad wrote in the Quran about Jesus' return? But do you know what he said? He's going to come back and tell us all, you got it wrong. The gospel's corrupted. It's Allah and Muhammad. Well, why did he, why did Jesus then say, watch out, somebody's going to come and say, I'm the Christ? Don't you believe it? He said, don't believe it. He said, go to the desert and look. Here's over there. Don't believe it, he said. When Jesus comes back, the truly born again believers are not going to be fooled. But you can be fooled because Satan is powerful and he can empower people to do miraculous things. To get, and Jesus talked about uh, deceiving even the elect, he said. Be vigilant. He said, watch, look up. When Jesus comes back, you hear that trumpet blast, you know you're going home at last. When you hear that archangel shout, that's when Jesus returns. But for the rapture, if you're a born again believer, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You got your home. You know, he's going to take you out of this world. I, I listened to a guy that, that, that talked about this and it helped me a lot. So I'm going to share this with you. What happens to you when you die? Because there's a whole lot of people that talk about near death experience, you know, and this one sees this and that. I think they're dreaming. That's my opinion. When you die, when you die, and I die, and we're all going to die if Jesus doesn't come back first, your soul leaves that body, and that body goes into decay. That's what happens. But when you are resurrected, if you believe in Christ Jesus, at the end, you will be resurrected, and you will receive an incorruptible body. But the story of Lazarus and the rich man says that I will be able to recognize you and you will be able to recognize me. Because Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, Lazarus saw the rich man. The rich man saw Lazarus said, send him over here. Give me a drop of water because I can't stand this torment. He knew who he wasn't. He knew who Abraham was. God's going to give you. And man, I need one. My body's falling apart. I need that resurrected body. The dead in Christ are going to rise to be resurrected. But if you're still alive when the rapture comes, you won't be resurrected. You'll be taken up in the clouds. That's, that's what the Bible says. And at the end, you will, but you will be changed, it says. You'll be changed. I talked to Mary Sue about this last time because she was well, in the choir. She was kind of hurting. And I said, don't worry, Mary Sue. You're going to get a changed body one of these days, and it's going to be good. And she says, I can't wait. <laughs> but and that's that's true for all of us. And I I wanted to bring that in, even though that doesn't have anything to do with the, the Noah's flood. I I wanted to share that because a lot of people are confused about that. They're confused about what happens when you die. My dad used to say, There is the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we really don't understand that. But he says, You are a three part being. You have a physical body, you have a soul, and everybody has a soul. But if you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you. And that's why John tells us over in, in the letter, uh, 1 John, greater is he that's in you than what's in the world. And you need to latch on to that. 
You need to hold on to that. But there are people that I know and you know that are not saved. And they're going to be confused. That's why we need to spread the word. I wish a bunch of them were here tonight. I could maybe convince them that, hey, you're running too big a risk. Too big a risk to, to take a chance on another day or another time when you can say, I'm sorry for my sin. I think that that a sermon that Brother John Rowland preached about the simplicity of salvation, uh, that, that movement that touched me, the, the fact that that uh, you don't have, you know, so many religions are based on complicated procedural things you got to go through to be saved. To be a Christian, you got to do this, or you got to do that, or you got, you know, the Mormons believe you can work your way into heaven. Not only that, you can work your way up to a higher spot. Yeah. You, it's, you can't do enough work to get to heaven. It's free. All you do is ask for it and believe and trust in the Lord. With all that talking I've done, I want to open it up to you. Do you have any questions about what we talked about? Anything bothering you? We all get discouraged, don't we? You ever, you ever been discouraged? You get up in the morning and you think, man, that right leg just don't work. Yeah. Uh, I had to sit and we'd come back from uh, Guntersville, well, Scottsboro, Alabama, all in one shot. And when you're an old man and you sit in the truck for seven hours straight, you try to get out. <laughs> you, you know, you younger people will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we all have miseries. God's going to take care of that one of these days. Now, one last thing, I guess, and we can close. I'm, I'm a little early in it. Uh, I was listening to Max Licato. You know who he is. He said for years he he believed in a he was an amillennial. You know what an amillennial is? That's somebody that thinks it's a symbol, symbolic, symbolic that Jesus is going to return and and we may be even living in the millennium now. No, that's not what. And he said, but I've learned that that's Jesus is going to return. He's going to do away with all the corruption in the world, and he's going to set up his throne here with the new heaven and the new earth, and he's going to reign here, here on this planet for a thousand years. Yeah. You and me, if we're born again believers, if we if we trusted in the Lord, are going to do his work. Why is it why do we need work? He's come back already. There's going to be other people here. Yeah. People that maybe they're not even born yet. That haven't had a chance. You know. and I don't know all the answers, but but I believe that that is going to be a great time—a thousand years with an incorruptible body that don't hurt, not getting older, you know, just enjoying life. A thousand years doing what the Lord wants to do, listening to Jesus talk every day, you know, seeing King David or Isaiah or or. or or your grandparents, they'll also be young like you. Uh, that'll be something. I Max Max Lucado said I used to believe that. He said, but the more I've studied, the more I've looked into it, I believe in a virtual thousand-year reign. So, man, I covered a lot of a lot of ground in a hurry, didn't I? I see. My my points are this: Noah likely had help when he built the ark. The Bible doesn't say he didn't have help. He likely did have help. He had three sons. I hope he had. I hope they helped him. 
the animals were not necessarily adult animals. It doesn't say that the animal, that he brought a five-ton elephant on board. He might have got a little elephant, a little girl elephant. That would have been, that would have been okay. There was only one continent. There may have been as much as, some scientists now believe there were as much as three times the atmospheric pressure. Atmospheric pressure is 14.7 pounds at sea level. That's what causes water to evap evaporate to boil at 212 degrees at sea level. It may boil. And this I have this discussion with my wife all the time. And ladies, listen to what I tell you. If the pot's boiling, turning the heat up doesn't change a bit of thing. It doesn't change a thing. Once it reaches that 211 degrees that it does at this altitude, it don't get no hotter. It turns to steam. The steam's hotter, but it ain't cooking nothing because it's leaving. Unless you have a pressure cooker, turn up the heat don't help. To a, that's what water boils at because of the atmospheric pressure that we're under. In Noah's time, the atmospheric pressure was much higher. So you had to get water hotter to boil it. Evaporation didn't take place. That's why it didn't rain until God changed things. And now, and when God changed things, we breathe less oxygen than Noah breathed. So therefore, we're not going to live as long and we're going to hurt more. <laughs> that makes sense? You forgot the best part of the story then. With the rainbow at the end and God's coming, destroying the earth again. Yeah. I, I didn't quite hear all that, but I will warn you, I, I have a I'm having a hard time hearing anymore and that's that's why I have a hard time teaching. But you mentioned about the rainbow. Yeah. God's promise never spoke. Yeah. When God made the promise, that's right. He made the promise that, hey, I'm gonna set things right. So that, and I'm not going to destroy the earth that way again because of man. But when the end comes, Jesus comes back. You know, all the evil is going to be taken away for a thousand years. And then Satan will be released for a time. Why will Satan be released for a time? Got any thoughts on that? Well, you and me had to face Satan all our life. You know, the devil made me do it. Yeah. The choice of people that wasn't born at that time. That's that's what I think too, Mary. That uh, there are people that that were born into a time when Satan didn't tempt them, so there was no evil. Yeah, I I've told I brother Steve said this one time. He said, "You ever wonder why you don't have to teach a kid to be bad? <laughs> They're just born bad. <laughs> you got to teach them to be good, uh, but uh, that's because." You know, when when God said that that even though they're 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 evil in in their heart from childhood, never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. And God is completely willing to destroy evil. I believe that you know we we when you talk about Jesus' time and casting out demons, and we say we well, we don't have that anymore. I believe we do have that. I believe that people like Putin is possessed. I believe that I don't believe that any normal human being could do the things that some of those people, Adolf Hitler, had to be possessed. Yeah. He there was there was no real reason to kill all those people except Satan wanted it done, and Satan owned him, and the Antichrist that's coming. You know, I heard the. Uh, Secretary General of the, of the United Nations, he made a statement. He said, what we need is a man to rise up to be over all of this. That's what he said. 
to straighten these things out, these problems in Europe out. What in the world? That means that people in power are thinking, that's what we need. Now, I don't know the man. I don't know much about him. But I, I think that Satan would love to hear that, that we need the Antichrist. He's coming. And he's going to look pretty good. Yeah, he's going to fool a lot of people. And one of the, one of the guys I, I listened to, a fellow by the name of Joel Richardson, you ever heard of him? He, uh, he said that in, in Daniel's prophecy, when he talks about the, the, the statue, the helmet of, uh, it's uh, brass, silver, gold, and clay. And, and we think that was the, the uh, Romans, the Greeks, and, and the Persians, and, uh, and the last one was the, uh, the Roman Empire. He said that's not true. He said the Roman Empire didn't do all the things that Daniel said they would do. He said he believes it's the world of Muslim, the Islam. Is the, that, that's just a tidbit of information. That, that And if you look at the Koran, that's why I read the, some of the Koran. I think, yeah, that's fitting together. It's all coming to a head, and it won't be long. Maybe, you know, soon uh, things will change. Not tomorrow, I don't think. Rapture could happen tomorrow. But a lot of these other things, it's going to take a little while for them to fall in place. So Jesus said, watch, be watchful, look up. And, oh. I, I've done. I've, I've just about done all I can do. <laughs> That's the best I could do for on short notice. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these people that came out tonight, Lord. I, I I pray that you would bless each one of them, that you would go with them as they go their separate ways, that give them your peace, give them your comfort. Father, we thank you for your word and what it means to us. We thank you for the opportunity to do your will, Lord. We pray that you would continue to bless this church, to help us moving forward, to keep us always in your will and protect us from evil. Father, as we go on our separate ways home, we pray your guidance and your comfort for all times. In Jesus' name, amen.